Hey strangers, it's Faraz here. Uh, really quick before we start the show, I would just like to read something our previous guest has emailed to us. He felt that there was inaccuracies in how he depicted his country, culture, and religion, so he said, in quote, During the show, I said some things that can be misunderstood. Maybe because I was nervous, maybe because English is my second language. I don't want to be an a-hole and take too much of this podcast time, so I will cut it short to what's really important. This is just a podcast. I'm just one person. In my case, I misrepresented my country, my culture, my religion, and myself. I suggest that after you listen to the podcast, How Do Israelis Get Lit?, you will also read more about Judaism, Israel, and its conflict with the Palestinians. Don't let the things I said affect you in any way. No one fact-checked the podcast before putting it online, regardless of what I said. You want to know more, read more, go visit Israel, especially during its Pride Month, and see how great it is. Talk with multiple people from both sides of the conflict. Talk with multiple Jewish people who practice the religion in different ways. And most importantly, check the facts later. End quote. Um, we would just like to say that it's our responsibility to remain authentic and transparent in our work to you, the listeners. And so we agreed to read the statement out of respect for the guest's privacy and for you guys to hear. Um, we spoke over the phone. He was nice about it and acknowledged that we were very fair to him. But it was his own statements that he didn't feel were properly worded. Um, and we also just want to remind everyone that our show has no political agenda and our job is simply to allow people with all different backgrounds, viewpoints, and stories a platform to be heard with openness and no judgment. Um, we appreciate the guests and listeners for respecting these values. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy this exciting episode with Derek Ebert. What's the worst Halloween candy that you could get in your bag? Candy corn. Mary Jane. Candy corn. Uh, milk Duds. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Faraz. I'm Neha, aka Appa. Miss Boxon. <laughs> I'm Amber. And I'm Shimmer. This is brought to you by Alif Theory. So you guys said... You no, stop. Said, you care? stole my answer. I did. I'm so no. sorry. It's candy, candy corn. It's true, it's though. It's true. Worst. Candy corn okay. tastes terrible. First of all, yeah. I, I agree. Do, I do agree. I'm glad that we Wait, all can agree. We, can we introduce Neha real quick? I know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been on the podcast. She's a, she's a guest co-host a lot of times yeah, yeah. on the podcast, okay, so fine, she's fine. back. She's in the area. Thank you, you though, be. Amber. I appreciate it. Yeah. She said you're in the guest spot, so like you might as well. Did you just do a Hitler sign? No, I did fist. Oh, my gosh. Guys, come on. But now I'll do the Mockingjay. All right. I stole her answer because... This format is still very hard for me, and I was like, I can't think. But candy corn, I do agree, is the worst. That's candy. the top. I agree list. too. I do say, you know what I, was I don't even about consider candy Jane? corn as a candy. That's why I was just like, oh, that's not even on the list. Okay. I think candy corn is. You whack. don't like milk duds? I think milk duds. Milk are duds good. are good. They no. just hurt your teeth. Yeah. Okay, wait, wait, what no. even is milk duds like caramel? It's no. caramel inside. It's like it? a chocolate oh, coating. Yeah, yeah. Wait, but yeah, do, do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say Mary Jane? I feel it's like that, I do. It's that yellow packaging yes. with that brown candy inside. Yeah, it yeah, 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 so yeah. bad. And every person used to get it out for <laughs> Halloween, like between ages like zero to like. Is it 18. similar to that sugar daddy one? Sugar daddy. Similar, yeah. <laughs> no, that's why it's yeah, not. yeah, similar. No, because I know what you're talking sugar about, daddy. and that's like. Th- yeah. That's one of those like that. The what sugar about daddy the, the one? Whoopers, the they, wha- whoopers. Whoopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoppers. 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 Okay, time whoppers. to time. Whoppers are okay, time to time. <laughs> are you kidding me? I whoppers love whoppers. Are, no, no, no. Whoppers are okay, time to time. What I didn't the like them when I was you younger. Whoppers I get tired so of them. Good. No, it's no. You can have like a yeah, yeah. Literally, only ugly kids ate whoppers. <laughs> it's okay, Shams. They were so good, dude. I don't. I was know an ugly kid too. Whatever. So good. Um, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode. 
please be sure to um if you're enjoying this podcast um you can like us on facebook we're on uh, facebook as strange flavors we're also on twitter um strange flavors underscore these uh links are in the description and if you want to email us uh if you want to send us any questions any commentary if you want anybody to be on the show or if you want to be on the show yourself you can email us strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com and we can definitely make that happen um soon next week on thursday i gotta say that shimmer and i are back at it with our shows it's gonna be super exciting we're gonna start off with george mason university um and just to let you know the date that is going to be on the 26th which is a thursday uh we start our performance around eight o'clock so if you're in the area please be sure to show up um college park we're coming for you on november 9th i didn't even know about this one which one the college park one yeah oh. Wait, have you guys we're always doing shows increased two tours yeah. a year yeah. this is uh Dang. the masha tour i thought you guys part, had a tour three. once it's a not year. the masha i know tour. it's moved up they moved <laughs> up in the world <laughs> the wally tour the wally tour places doing things um yeah and if you want us at your school uh reach out to us our emails are in the uh description uh reach out to your organizations or anything like that and uh we can definitely set that up yeah for we you go everywhere like. except for north korea <laughs> oh no, I'm down for North Korea. I feel like they'd be, be down. Cool. Have be you cool. seen um Fun with Louise? No, no, no. no? The movie okay. with Seth Rogen? Oh, the yeah, interview? yeah. The interview. Uh, Yo, Kim Jong do gets that? gets down. Yeah, he gets down. He gets down to Katy Perry. You, you think he if watches Ronald Pondo videos? If we put him on Gunda Bunda, like oh, we don't even know. Snap. Like yeah. we could solve this whole dilemma. Yeah. What dilemma? The oh, the right, nuclear dilemma. Are you sleeping? <laughs> okay. Hello, no, Amber. Art to Amber. Amber. Um, I just didn't know how Gundam would do that. Okay. What's up? What's up with this uh, Mewtwo thing? No, Mewtwo. no. First of all, first, second, and Um. Okay. No, but seriously. So, Mewtwo. Neha, do you want to explain it? Do you want me to explain it? You got this, Amber. Okay. So initially, I just started seeing it creep on my timeline a little bit, but then I got to look in. By looking, I mean four more posts, and it was basically people, well, girls specifically, who have been sexually assaulted or something similar were writing Me Too as their status, but it stemmed from, ooh, I should have done my history check on this. It was, it was like, it stemmed from like this one person saying it to the Harvey, Harvey? Something Oh, one. Harvey once. Oh, sure, right. There was that situation. Company. Whatever, right? That situation. And someone said it, like, it stemmed from that. And then they were like, all, all these women started coming out and they were like, me too, me too, me too. So pretty so much now people are see, quoting yeah. each other and, say, and, and saying like, if you were a survivor of, Blank, 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 and or like you, a victim and you paste, of it. A victim, yeah. You copy and paste that to your own status. No, you just write or me just too. Write me too. And, write me too. and what it does yeah. is like it's kind of an awareness. Like yeah. you see okay. it and Sexual you're like, solidarity. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, okay, wow. It's. I mean, for me personally, I was like, whoa. I was shocked. I was even as a woman like myself. How many people are? Yeah, because you're just yeah. reading me too, me too. And then I started reading guys write me mm-hmm. too, and I was like, this is a bigger problem than we voice it out to be. Right. Um, my one problem with it though was like, I don't know to what extent you're writing me too. I mean, as sad as it is, it's kind of like a dilemma that we as women especially go through every day. So it's like, if I write Me Too, is it because someone is catcalling or is it because I literally went through like sexual assault or harassment? So I just don't want people to take the term lightly. Mm -hmm. And I don't know like who is putting it out there. But either way, I'm all for... You think it's a victim party or something? Sometimes. I mean, I don't know. Like everyone defines it differently. But is there there any like solution put into the uh, like... So the idea behind it is that it helps 
guys and just generally people understand like the like gravity awareness. no yeah. like the gravity of like how many people so like right. then i started seeing guys come out and be like telling other guys like hey pay attention like this mm-hmm. is important like these are girls in your everyday life who are feeling like this now here's my thing with it is that i like the whole thing because you know it it brings awareness but in the brown community we're not going to do that and so i considered like you know but it was empowering like right, i thought right. about it and so I, I i was considering like writing and i was like you know what like people can take it this way and this mm-hmm. way and this way and ask you questions and then i have aunties on my facebook like i don't know how that will go and then i realized that was the problem yeah that like in our communities that like in the brown community like even that's an issue like even if you try to bring awareness to something they're like oh oh, oh sorry i didn't mean to switch languages but like you know like look at that yeah look, look at that like what she's just out there <laughs> and this is oh, like, maybe she should have worn a hijab exactly maybe she should have so done this judgment. yeah Great and judgment. i feel like you know like that's something in our community yeah. that we should fix but what do you guys think about it have as a boy it? yeah as a guy i mean i think awareness is good like a lot of people don't realize you know i mean there's not much i don't think i can do much Mm -hmm. because like i'm not a victim but i think awareness in any form factor even if it's like a small thing like oh Mm -hmm. i've been cat called if it affected you then speak about it you know and awareness is good because a lot of people are like oh you should dress up more or you know and there's a lot of debates on that so yeah i don't know i'm just interested to see like okay now it all right, we have all these people coming out and saying it, but now what? Yeah, I think that that's that well, in awareness itself, is a huge part. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I agree. I think I agree. that in itself is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. What about you, for us? I second Shimmer. It's just like if I, as a guy, it's like I mean, it's it's the same thing that goes with people that aren't in, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's just important for them to acknowledge it, right? Uh, and ask about it. If you have nothing to do with it, uh, it's just important to ask somebody how they feel about it or whatever um but i think in one yeah, way think, or another we've all been victims of like oppression or mm, something like yeah. that so from strange flavors let's say us too us too us too that's <laughs> <laughs> some corn it's okay. she tried. She tried. Corn. good job man it's it's unifying S- yeah speaking of see, speaking of social media stuff um i want to bring up something it's a uh, world star I'm gonna call out World Star straight up, even though I got respect for World Star. <laughs> Didn't you get a lot of like? I mean, like, at least a, a lot of attention. chunk of following from no, 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 World yeah. Star. Hey, hey, hey. I said I respect World right. Star, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna call it out. Okay. Okay. World Star put me on. Yes, it was a good time. But Who'd you fight? Huh? Who'd you fight? I didn't Who'd fight anybody. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, Wait, sure. tell them real quick but, what it was. No, no. I mean, if you go on my on my Instagram page, you'll see it, or if you go on World Star and look Did up Frosty. Um, it was it was me doing DJ Khaled's impression when he says, "Did the Drake vocals come in yet?" And I'm going around asking random people on the streets, and my professor, um, "Hey, professor, did the Drake vocals come in yet?" So that's what the video is. It's really stupid. He made but me run out in my balcony. Perhaps. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I made Amber run out in her balcony and record that little part for me, and then I voiced it over. Um, anyways, so World Star, uh, they like. There's a guy. Do you know who Boont Gang is? Yeah. Oh my god! Okay. No so Boont Gang, this, this so guy annoying. started off. His name is Boont Gang, okay? And he goes around and makes records a video of himself, like maybe in a jewelry store or whatever. And he'll be like shopping around, and then he's like, "Oh, how much is this?" Oh, okay, cool, cool. And then he runs away. He's like, "Boont Gang," and that's his thing. Like and he stealing. Takes it? Okay. He steals it. So that's his annoying. thing. And World Star, when they start picking up somebody's videos, they'll follow it up, and. They'll be like, oh, look, Boon Gang back at it again. And he's doing this to, like, every, like, random people. He's doing it to 
you know, street vendors He's that are trying get to make, shot. make a living, right? You, but, and you don't think he, like, returns it? Well, okay, so this is my thing. This is where I'm going with it. Well, I don't know what he does with it, um, yeah. but here's the thing. Their world star by promoting it, yeah, they're it glamorizing awesome. criminal behavior, right? And then they recently, Worldstar just put on a video of this kid. He, do, he goes inside, the, uh, inside of Dunkin' Donuts, and he takes a whole rack of donuts. And he goes, boom, gang. That's and the, and the guy comes out. He's like an Indian dude. He comes out from behind the thing. And he's like, no, 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 no. You are not stealing. You are not stealing. He locks the door behind him. And he's like, dude, it's just a video. It's for a video. And he's like, no, no, no. You have to pay for it. Because he like messed up all the donuts yeah. and like everything. And he's like, you have, to, you have to pay for this. And the kid was like all like nervous now because he got put in a situation that he didn't think like he wasn't thinking yeah. that like this was going to happen well good i'm like, glad he learned his lesson right. i'm right. never for anything again like this like you know when they had those pranks of them going grocery stores and like oh, putting yeah. together milk jokes. jugs and yeah. all this. i'm like you're wasting food or even like in the drive-thrus when they cone people yeah. like i mean it's some not of them is, like some of them it's a little bit funny but like doing this especially stealing from cool. pe- street it, vendors it and hurts stuff. other people like it yeah puts them under pressure yeah. and stress yeah exactly and like he one of the videos He's there's a like Boom Gang got a, got just got out of jail and then he goes into New York City and wow. there's a guy like um, on the street with a table full of like little toys and stuff that he's selling. He's trying to make a living for himself and he like dives onto that table, breaks the table, and then takes some stuff from it and runs away. So I'm like, and Worldstar puts this on their page, mm. and that's what I'm like. You guys are literally like Is Worldstar. Is it Worldstar's responsibility though? Listen, but it's world star hip hop, yeah. right? right? Do hip hop. Right. You literally move the culture. Imagine if Complex and uh, all these other uh, pages started promoting criminalization, like yeah, you know, just stealing and all that, and people think it's funny. Oh, let's do that. I mean, wouldn't you say the same thing for fights then too? Like they like make fights kind of seem cool too. And it's like, wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like so it's all fun and games star- until like this person gets with a person that it isn't messing with it and honestly, you know? honestly if they mess makes, with the wrong person it makes a certain minority look really bad yeah. and yeah. that's the black race right yeah. because there's a lot of right. people out there black lives matter and all them that are trying they're so hard to fight for their rights and everything like that and then when when they're when world starts promoting uh like these you know just people that are fighting each other and yeah. stealing and everything rather than the people that are doing good work like yeah, it's gonna put it adds to the it stereotypes. It also promotes exactly. people to like record the fights mm-hmm. and yeah. not do, and not any do anything. Right. Yeah, which is exactly crazy. So I don't know. I mean, I, I was just that was uh, that was crazy to me. Um, but since we were on, we were talking about Halloween. Did you guys see Happy Death Day? I did not. No, no. I'm too scared. I probably, <laughs> I'm scared. I, I probably won't watch it. It looks like a fun I'm, movie. I'm, it's a fun movie. That's what I was gonna say. I turn the volume off every time the advertisements come on because I hate it. The 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 advertisements uh, in the club though, Fifty Cent, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, not that advertisement. The other one that's like, ah, mm, I'm missing again. I don't know. Listen, it's like Mean Girls. <laughs> is it annoying though? Because like the trailer made it look like it's just the same day over and it's over. A, it's and a over little, again. it's a little bit corny, slightly, but it's like Mean Girls. It's like it's a fun oh, it's movie. It's funny. It's a fun movie, and uh, like it's sorority girls, so okay. you know that you're already gonna be like cringing at certain things. But it's funny because it happens mm-hmm. to them. Like that's what they're they're sort of mocking it, but it's like mm-hmm. Mean Girls, so it's a it's a funny movie cool yeah uh we're gonna invite a guy onto our show today um he was the first ever youth lord poet laureate okay go ahead okay um yeah he was the first ever youth poet laureate and um he was like the first titled one and now there's like three um after him cool but um yeah and he 
like likes to he's a spoken word artist he's a poet and uh let's hear from him dope everybody please welcome what's his last name ebert ebert yes Derek Ebert. While we're young, we should play at the park. But we gotta look out, it's about to get dark. Like we should play on the swings and go high by the slide. Time is relative here, I don't think we can die. No, I don't think we can die. These are innocent times. And there's joy in our cries. Imagination tells me I could do anything. But the adults inside say that it's a lie. But why not try? Baltimore. Mr. Baltimore. Mr. Baltimore. Mr. Baltimore. I feel like I feel like you have a um, like a lot of uh, what do you call it? Pride. Not 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 pride, but like I, I, expectations. <laughs> True. Okay. Because uh, the way that Amber has talked about you so far is just like yo, like he knows Baltimore. Like yeah. he's the poet laureate. Is that how you say it? Yeah, the poet. I was I was the former poet laureate of Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. So first. I mean, first. I mean, let's just get let's just get right into that. First of all, like. Tell us what that. does what that mean? That, yeah. Like, why is that significant? So, um, being poet laureate of and being youth poet laureate of the city, um, I was the first. There have now been two other ones, so three in total. Um, it means that you're, you know, you're charged with, with really being the youth voice for the city. And for me, um, in 2015, uh, when I was um, inaugurated as, as youth poet laureate in Baltimore City by mayor by the mayor, um, two weeks later, the uprising happened in Baltimore. So. You know, on top of my role of being in charge of like the arts and kind of literacy in Baltimore, uh, like liter- literacy scene and like literature scene and whatnot, um, with like reaching out to youth and like going to high schools and middle schools and teaching them poetry and just talking about like community in general and talking about the things that are going on around them, um, that happened. So it's really, you know, when you're youth poet or yet, you're, you're the sum of, of Baltimore's youth voices. You know, especially because you're also the closest ones to them because, you know, you're constantly in high, like I said, you know, you're constantly in front of youth all the time, 24-7. Go ahead. Yeah. Why is that? Like, are you going to high schools or something? Like, how are you always in front of the youth? Because, you know, principals and teachers and especially English teachers, you know, want to see an upstanding uh, young, young person, you know, in front of their students, especially if, you know, they look like you, you know, oftentimes we grow up in schools and we are never given our reflections. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I can remember in middle school, uh, I never, even though I went to a predominantly black middle school, like the books we read were not of, from like black authors at all. It was often some white person. And it was like, how can I see myself in like what Mark Twain is saying? Like, to be quite honest, like, what Mark Twain is saying is kind of cool, but, like, from my middle school mind, I didn't really give a f- <laughs> you know? Um, and so, I mean, th- I think that's why it was important, at least, and that's why youth poet laureates constantly meet with so many people, um, because it's like, you know, they look like you. They're young. You know, they can tell that you're not necessarily 30 or 40 or whatever. They perceive you differently than they, than so they perceive you. So you're in classrooms? Like, often, all right, the time, right. or auditoriums. So, like, uh, you were talking about the Baltimore Uprising and... For subjects like that, when there's moments in time when something like that happens, or recently we've had 
the whole the Trump era, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like it brings out a lot of artistry and subject to talk about. So what were you talking about? You said it happened before the Baltimore uprising. What was your poetry mostly about then? I mean, still police brutality, still okay. Um, okay. everything that was that's always been going on in the black community. Mm. Um, I mean, that's always that was that's always been these this the foundation of most of my poetry has always been political also has focused on my identity of being a biracial person has also focused on you know what's it like to be a biracial male and just to be a male in general um conversations about masculinity are rarely had amongst men surprisingly um and so i mean that's what most of my poems focused on and then yeah the uprising happened and it was just like a seamless transition um and it was really scary i jumped right into it you know when that happened the mayor had called on myself as well as um my two poetry ambassadors to, to meet with her and to discuss, you know, what's going on in the city and how can we how can we talk to the youth? I didn't as cool as that opportunity is to have the mayor call your phone or the mayor's assistant call your phone and to ask personally ask you to come to her office. Um, I did not attend that meeting. I had better things to do, which was actually like be out in the community, you know, talking to students. So instead, I sent my two poetry ambassadors to have that conversation poetry with her. Ambassador. Poetry ambassadors. Poetry ambassadors. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I guess to explain how I became Youth Poet Laureate, there was a, it's a slam. Um, I mean, a poetry slam is a, it's a competition, um, often three rounds, five judges uh, from a scale of one to ten, decimal points included. Um, the highest and lowest points get dropped, and I mean, that's really it, almost. If, if you're familiar with, like, speech and debate or debate, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. What makes one better? What makes, what do you mean? What, like, what? how do they rate it? Is it based on? So, it's all subjective. Okay. The, the judges are chosen from the audience. Mm-hmm. And so, I often look at slam almost like debate. You have to know your judges. If, I, if there are, like, four black judges and one white judge, I'm probably going to do a poem that's going to relate to the four black judges and the one white person. And, you know... But I may pay attention to the, to the white judge more because I'm like, I'm looking at you so I can connect with you on like a human level mm-hmm. and maybe you'll give me an 8.5, an 8.9. But I know that like maybe the, the, the black judges may relate, whether they be male or female, I'll do poems that like will tend to something that they want to hear, yeah. something that they think might be necessary in the, in the space I'm performing in. What do you say to people that are like they go to these things and they're like tired of hearing about the same subjects mm-hmm. come up over and over again because... If you go to different areas, you're going to get a totally different type of uh, yeah. poetry slam. And then if you, for example, come to Baltimore, it's going to be a lot of you know, similar subjects about yeah. race, yep. police yep. brutality, and all that kind of stuff. So what do you think about that? I think that it's, well, one, um, I think that it's like that in most um, cities, urban cities, uh, Chicago, um, New York, uh, you know, like, so specifically like Brooklyn and the New Yorkian Poetry Cafe and... Um, multiple like different open mic venues that also hold slams even in california or even in like san diego you know i think that those narratives exist and exist almost all the time in those spaces so you know to 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 say to someone who's tired of of hearing those narratives over and over again it's like get used to it you know because oftentimes we hear and i've heard from from peers of mine it's like you know why don't you ever write a happy poem Mm -hmm. and it's like i I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I did that because there are greater things to talk about than my happiness. You know, my happiness is that I'm still here, that I've survived all this bullshit or that my family, my cousins, you know, have survived all these, you know, bullshit encounters or my friends have survived all these bullshit encounters. So for me, that's happiness because I can still say that they're here. Um, Also, you know, it's to be like, you know, I can't be happy when gentrification is, is going on in Baltimore City. I have a poem about bike lanes and how like, 
you know, why is there a bike lane running, running through Maryland, running through Preston? Um, why is there a bike lane, you know, running through Greenmount? It's like black people don't necessarily ride bikes in Baltimore. I mean, yeah, they do, but no, they really don't. It often looks like dirt bikes, you know, and it goes like, man, 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 man. And it's like, you know, so it's like, <laughs> who are you actually building the bike lanes for? It's not for us. It's not for the people who actually live in those communities. No, it's for the white people and the right. people who gentrify that area when you tear down the buildings that are there and tear down the corner stores and build up condos just like on Greenmount as we see today right. so you know it's like how can I write about happiness when there's so much going on that I have to capture it's almost like taking a picture it's like I need to capture this because this is important or you know it's, it's like a, for me it's a three-minute documentary and what uh, is working in the community for you like why skip that mayor's meeting Say, uh, what's the so what's the question? Like, like you said, what you said that you skipped that mayor's meeting to so to I, work in the community. So what is working in the community for you? And like, if you have a, for example, you're talking about the bike lanes. Like, mm -hmm. wouldn't that be something to address the mayor with? And so, like, why why skip that meeting? Well, so at the time, um, that poem didn't come about. Uh, so like, bike lanes and Stephanie Rawlings Blake, um, the bike lanes weren't created. I think during that time in 2015 when I was youth poet laureate, so okay. that poem didn't come about. Um, but in terms of skipping that meeting, uh, it was to meet with youth. You know, it was to meet with students uh, to talk about what was going on and mm -hmm. how they felt about it. You know, it's I, not that I could care less about going to the mayor's office to to see what the mayor thinks, but I want to know really how it impacts our youth mm -hmm. because there's the ones that you know. It, this impacts them the most. They have to go through it every day. I'm sure the mayor doesn't have to go through racism and police brutality every single day like the youth in Baltimore City, especially if they have to deal with the police department. You know, especially if, I don't know, like you, even we saw with the Douglas students and they were leaving, um, when they were leaving Frederick Douglass right by Mondawmin and then it was like, you know, the police were there. If we all remember that image of like police that were just suited up in armor and like riot shields and then like kids were throwing st stuff at it. It's like, you know, how would you feel if you left school and there was like 50 police officers all just waiting, you know, you'd feel trigger a little bit mm -hmm. to to react, to want to react. You'd be you'd you'd be scared. Um, and it's like meeting with the mayor. What would that have done for me? Um, and especially I think I might have said this already, but after that meeting, you know, my opponent ambassadors told me that they didn't they didn't. It was a whole bunch of people in that meeting. So. They didn't have a chance to really speak at all, mm. voice their opinion. So it's like, well, why would I even be there? Oh, so you were so you were asked to sit in on a meeting well, rather to also, than like to express. Well, even to express, but okay. that's what that's what we were told was uh, that we okay. you know we would be there to express our feelings or what okay. was going on. Because I'm trying to understand this. It's like if there's a problem, uh, for example, with the youth, they're yeah. addressing you a problem. Like you're very hands on with the youth, and it's like, how can we change this? Wouldn't wouldn't the answer be go to the people that are causing this problem or could handle this problem better like for example if you know somebody who has like colin kaepernick for example right. right if he was asked to sit down with donald trump i wonder if he would take that because would that help him change his mind or would he i mean i don't think he, i don't, I don't that think would be, he would change i don't even his, know if that would be effective i don't but i don't know if he would change his mind about donald trump but i'm sure he would he would not about him, a lot like, to would say he take he would, the meeting would he take the meeting you know that's an interesting thing um i would say what's what's doesn't mean that he's supportive of Donald Trump. No, it doesn't. So it's like, why not take that space? How often is someone even given that space to meet with Donald Trump, who like is definitely opposing the hell out of him? Okay. You know, how often are they able to sit that close to him and be like, look, and, and tell him all about himself? Right. So, so that's my question for you. Case. So why did I not meet with the mayor? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, I felt like 
I, it's not that I opposed the mayor. I just felt like there were other things that I could have been doing at that okay. moment. Do you do you okay. said that you you put it in quotation marks when you said that like you would express? Do you think that it would mostly be like you as a prop? Is that why? You mean in for the mayor being in the mayor's office? Yeah. Not necessarily as a prop. Um, oftentimes I feel like, and I guess this is the larger thing, and how I feel about any like town hall meetings or things like that. You know, often uh, there's more stories to come with that, but um, oftentimes when I'm in I'm in spaces closed door spaces where we're having conversations about community and other people that you know that these problems affect i'm like well why aren't we in those communities having conversations with those people why are we let's say like in the white house having conversations about which i've i've been invited to the white house twice where like those conversations have happened with like politicians of like title IX, sexual assault school to prison pipeline i'm like you know these are really nice conversations to have and important conversations to have but why aren't we in like schools like all of us even though we're dressed nicely, like, why can't we be in front of people, mm-hmm. you know, people that this actually affects and have this conversation? What's the difference? Why do we have to be in the White House? Yeah. Why do I have to be in the mayor's office to, to have this conversation? Why can't you, Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, as well as everyone else at the table, go to where this is happening in Baltimore and open it up to the public? You know, not to necessarily engage, though they should be able to engage, but to have that conversation in front of everyone. You know, why does it have to be behind closed doors? I don't like that. I've never liked that. So, like, we went to... Like we know each other because of University of Baltimore. You're like mm-hmm. a gem of University of Baltimore. They have you plastered all over Towson Mall yeah. and Columbia Mall and everything. Big yeah. posters, your face on it. Yeah. So as, as, the, you, as the poet laureate, as when I was when I was youth poet laureate, yeah, okay. I was UB marketed the hell out of me. so much. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. they they literally had a field day when they like yeah. everything, all your pictures everywhere. Yeah. Now. As you know, and, and you're a UB graduate now. Yes. And w- are, would you say you're a proud UB graduate? Um, University of Baltimore. University, University of Baltimore. Yeah, University of Baltimore. <laughs> the hesitation. <laughs> no, the hesitation. No. The hesitation. No, it's, I don't think it's a huge no. I'm trying Is to find the right words. Um, you didn't like something there. I have a love. I have a love hate relationship right. with the University of Baltimore. Okay, so you know that Betsy DeVos is coming yes. for commencement. Yeah. Tell me your thoughts about that. I'm not a proud alumni. I mean, so with that question, I'm no. I'm not a proud alumni. Um, Can you talk about that real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, to deal with that. I mean, for everything that she stands for, and I mean, for one for the fact that she works with the Trump administration, but like, but everything that she stands for, I, you know, of course, I oppose and I disagree with. Um, and why her? You know, if anything, it's it's like why why are you inviting her out um and 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 even if she well when she is there because i've heard that it's pretty concrete and that they're not moving past their decision with that but it's like if they're there are you going to um punish your students if they decide to like protest it you know if they decide to do something wild Mm -hmm. or crazy like how are you are how are you going you know how are you going to respond to your students' protests? And I think that's where we'll see the, see the true character of University of Baltimore. Because you know, like when she spoke yet, I forgot, another school. It's, and, it was a historically black they, yeah. HBC, oh, yeah, HBC. Yeah, HBC. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So when, they, um, when she spoke and all the kids were like shouting and saying things, and then the professor was, I mean, the, the president was like, you know, I'm going to take your degrees away. You know? Wow. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that, like that happened. The video's out there. And I'm like, okay, like that's wild as <laughs> and so the reason that they, you know, they're bringing her out and what they're standing behind is that, you know, like, we're a school that believes in free speech. I'm like, okay, that's nice. Now, since you've played the free speech card, how are you going to, res- you know, how are you going to respond when your students decide to use right. that, you know? Right back. Um, right. You're giving her this platform. That's fucked up. I disagree with it. Um, 
and I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see how the school is going to reply. So a little backstory, Betsy DeVos is the Secretary of Education yep. of the United States right now. And she essentially stands for a lot of things that I believe personally that the students at the University of Baltimore, people in Baltimore just generally right. would not be for. Also, um, she put all of her children through private education. She, she herself went through private education, um, and she believes in putting, um, like having vouchers out there for middle-class families to put their kids in private education. So taking money out of the public school system to put it into private education. And so I actually went to the meeting wow. where um, President Schmoke, he answered a bunch of questions, and I asked him a question directly. And I said, um, what will it take for your students to do and show you to make you understand that this is not something that we agree with. And now that you're aware, because many people voiced that day that they were not for it, that students will not be yeah. the way that you want, to, like you would want to be seen, wouldn't it be more of a negative publicity for University of Baltimore when you see all these videos on Facebook of all these students turning yep. around during their own graduation? And essentially he stated he, it was a publicity stunt that um, in a way, he hmm. said he, didn't, he wouldn't use the word publicity stunt, but in a way it is respectful and honorable to have the Secretary of Education at University of Baltimore. But anyways, my point being was, yes, UB, yeah. Betsy DeVos and everything. Now tell me, um, as you were kind of like a big fish in a small pond, tell me, like, do big you feel like that was important? Um, I think that if I went to a bigger school, um, example like Morgan, which is bigger than University of Baltimore, I wouldn't have been acknowledged as much. Um, and that is case in point to the two youth poet laureates now after me who are both Morgan State University students. One was, well, one still is, and the other one is like a freshman or sophomore now, whatever. So yeah, they both are. Um, and they, you, you, uh, Morgan hasn't done a lot to like promote them as being, uh, you know, like, look, we just, we have two uh, youth poet laureates. Like, we are able to produce two of them. Like, this is why our English department is dope. Yada, yada, yada. Because that's what UB did. Right. Was like, be like, we produced... This youth poet laureate, and I mean, really, the facts are: no, you didn't. My nonprofit and my mentors and my community, oh, my community, what, yeah, my community, my community produced me. My my right. community got me into spoken word mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. You be you really didn't market do anything you. except market me to like mm. to the larger public, and that's how I think the larger public was like, oh my god, like Derek, we have to. That you makes know, sense now. Yeah, right. So I think, you know. I'm thankful, thing. right, right. I, I'm thankful for you be doing that, and at the same time, I'm like you, but you lied because even on the posters there were banners, and then there were small like posters in like White Marsh Mall, Towson that said, you know, I have the picture. It's somewhere on Facebook, but like, um, like we're helping Derek write his story, and I'm like, how? Like I'm, I'm like I, I read this. Literally, I, I walked in a mall and I saw myself, and then I see this, and I'm like, how are you helping me write my story? Like, no, you're not at all none of your classes you know but shout out to still some of the professors i had that are amazing they're like no like this is not true at all in no way shape or form um but yeah i mean big fish in a small pond um ub was supportive like the community was supportive all my pr professors were supportive a lot of my friends were supportive um but did ub do anything other than like market me no you don't I think it helped you catch more attention from other people? Well, I think it did. Yeah. But other than, like, in terms of writing, right. in terms no, no, of, no. like, progressing me as a human and as a poet, no. But in terms of, like, getting my face out there, yes. And I'll always be appreciative for that, you know? So now we can go into origin the last story. Stuff. Yeah, origin story. Let's go into the Origin of the stuff. fish. So um, I've only been doing this for three years. I've okay. only been a uh, spoken word artist, poet, um, doing all the work that I've been doing in, in nonprofit work as well for about three years now. Um, 
almost like three years exactly. And origin. Um, when I was a freshman at the University of Baltimore, I was in this two-year relationship that transitioned over from high school. And in my freshman year, um, I got a, out of that relationship. I was cheated on. She told me she cheated on me. But I had always known kind of, you know, you kind of know things, especially when a relationship is about to end. And I was heartbroken. You know, this was like my first actual relationship. It was like two years and maybe like five months. I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm a YouTube, some funny videos of like cats and dogs because in my mind and in my body and in my soul, I believe I'm an old white woman because an old person <laughs> nice. in general, only because like I love babies and I love puppies. And I'm like, that's just a, such an old white woman thing to like want to have those two together in like pajamas. But anyway, that's like a whole nother story. Uh, I mean, so I was like, I'm going to do that to like satisfy my needs and my soul. And instead I found... You know, a spoken word poem, uh, Javon Johnson's Cause He's Black. Shout out to Javon Johnson. Uh, yeah, um, he's an amazing person and he's an amazing poet. Um, so, yes. You uh, stumbled I, across this video? Yeah, I stumbled across this so, video. So, like, that, as growing up, you weren't, like, into literature? No, never. I hated wow, poetry. Hated, I hated poetry in high school. Um, hated it. I often said to myself, like, why are we reading these dead white people? Most of them who are dead white people, you know, I don't care about interpreting their work because... It's their work, and they're not here to talk about it. So, like, you know, I could say this is about whatever, and I could be wrong. Or I could be right. But it's like, for me, it was like, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So that's how I looked at poetry. And even, like, this goes back to the reflection part. A lot of the people we were reading, I couldn't relate to. You know, they were talking about shit, And that's like, I'm like, I live in a whole urban city. Like, talking about trees and flowers, and, like, flowers that I've never seen before. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, talking about, like, Poems would be about like the the hills of Ireland, and I'd be like, I've never been, don't know what they look like, don't care. I know what Federal Hill looks like, <laughs> and there are nothing, there is nothing special about that, you know, Federal <laughs> Hill. So it, it would be poems like that. Um, so no, never cared about poetry whatsoever. But I found this poem. It was about um, police brutality, and it was about. It was about. He, he starts off talking about how him and his nephew are driving down the street, and his nephew's like maybe four or five, and his nephew spots a cop car, and he says, "Oh no, Uncle, we have to hide." 5-0, we have to hide. And right away, uh, Javon starts talking about how, you know, it's been internalized that he must, like, that he's learned to fear the cops before he knows how to read. You know, before he knows a lot about the world, he knows that as a black person, as a black male, young kid, he needs to be afraid of the cops and he needs to hide from them. And that's f***ed up to be four or five and know that already. Um, and so that poem, I watched it twice and it made me cry twice because I had never seen and heard or heard anything so beautiful and anything that, that connected to me on that level before. Um, and so immediately right after that, I was like, I can do this. <laughs> I can write a poem. I got this. Um, and it came out as some, something crappy. And I like, I was, I don't know, I kept it in my journal, but I continued to write, you know, that kind of started me writing. And then I would always like often post poems on Facebook and, um, Eventually, I went. To, the first open mic that I went to, it was one of my homeboys. He was a rapper, and um, when he called me up to perform, like you know, the open mic, you know, you get called up every, you know, it's a list, and you get called up. And I remember when he called me up, I got up, and I walked towards the door, and I walked out. I walked right out of the open mic as soon after as he, he called, called your name. Right as soon as he called my name, he was like, "And next up to the stage, Derek Keeper." And I was like, "Everything like woo," and I got up. I turned towards the door and I pushed the door open. I walked you were nervous? Oh my God. I thought I was going to pass out. I thought I was going to pass out. I was going to stand up and I was going to drop back into my seat. Wow. Or I was going to look around like, who that? Who's the Derek Hebert? <laughs> I, was, I was 
cold feet. I never understood like men get cold feet during like for weddings or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, this is what this must feels like. Wow. Because I was, oh my God, extremely nervous. I drove home. I drove home that night in silence. Wow. Literally, I did not. I didn't speak at how, all. And how I'm, long after your first poem? I guess you wrote was this. Um, maybe like four or five weeks. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I was. I drove home in silence, and I told myself I vowed. I made a promise to myself that I would never, ever, ever do that again. Um, and then I don't know if you ever had Tree Turtle as a professor at the University of Baltimore. Uh, no. No. Um, he's his a, name is Tree Turtle. Tree Turtle. Tree Turtle. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Tree turtle. Tree turtle. Is that like, what is that significance? Is that, is that his last name or? Uh, I think tree turtle, professor turtle. We also like his last his name was spelled His first name was tree. I have, I, tree, he, turtle. tree turtle, tree turtle. <laughs> is was, he uh, Native American or something? No, That's no. Like... Black guy, black wow. guy, tree turtle. That's cool. And I'm, I, look, Google him, Google Goucher and tree turtle. And I think I'm if sure I Google tree turtle, I'm going to get a bunch of turtles and, and trees. at the same time. But but his name was Tree Turtle, and he so he was an adjunct at UB. He was also a professor at Goucher, and um, he he knew Trevor and I well. We had his class, and he knew that I wrote poetry, and so he invited me out to his open mic. And this was going to be this was then my first time performing at an open mic. Um, and the really cool part was that Def, one of Def Jam's producers, you know, often people think of Def Jam, think of Russell Simmons, and how he started Def Jam and he did but he also had co-producers and so one of the co-producers of Def Jam um, was there and he was going to speak to the students after the open mic um, and so but I went I got to meet the producer I got to perform in front of him and it was such a humbling experience and like the poem I read was was received so well by the whole audience and Trevor was there he had drove me there um, and it was it was just amazing it was it was almost the open mic the room was about the size of this room and, you know, but it was like maybe 50 people just crowded on top of each wow. other, like in chairs, like, you know, sitting on lap, lapped up and everything. It was crazy. I was like, wow, it's a lot of people in this small ass room. But, you know, it was, it was definitely a, it was an amazing experience. And then right afterwards, after everything was over, um, uh, he came up to me. He was like, you know, you have something special about you. You have this light about you. Continue writing and, you know, you'll find yourself somewhere. And I'm like, wow. OK. <laughs> and and where, are you, where are you at now? Like, how far can you go with this poetry stuff? Oh, I mean, I'm going to continue it for the rest of my life. Now, like he did say, oh, I mean, well, you know, I've already produced it. Yeah, yeah I've, I'm, I'm a published author. Um, Ooh, if, if, nice. Yeah. To, to mention Snaps. that, uh, Black Boy Archaeologist is, is the name of my chat book. Um, but right after I'm done my MFA, I'm going to probably publish the second book of poetry. This one um, I'll submit to like awards, like the National Book Award, or really you don't submit it, or maybe you do. I don't know how that works yet, but... I'll submit it for like awards and things like right. that. And I mean, I would hope I would get nominated for like the National Book Award or something. I don't know how that works, but I'm putting it out there so that I can receive those blessings one day. And now um, you're giving a TED Talk. And now I'm giving a TED Talk. You know, right. that's something I've always asked for. Um, God, universe, higher power, whoever you, you know. I feel like that's something on a lot of people's yeah. list. Right. Like one day yeah. I want to give a TED Talk. One day yeah. I want to be on Ellen. Like I used to say that all the time to myself in middle school. Not even about anything. I'd be like, I want to do a TED Talk so bad. Like, that's so cool. I would listen to TED Talks all the time as a kid. And then, like, high school, I would listen to TED Talks. And then, like, you know, in college, we always, like, watch TED Talks yeah. and learn something from them. And I was like, one day that's going to, I always kept saying, one day that's going to be me. One day that's going to be me. One day that's going to be me. And then out of nowhere in May, you know, um, I was asked. Not, not that I went. I didn't seek. But I was asked awesome. to speak for University of Baltimore's TED Talk. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, you see what happens? You know, you continue to ask and, like, you receive. What are you talking about? So that's the interesting part. <laughs> <laughs> I am extremely, ex extremely, like, 
good at doing things last minute. I have an idea about what I want to talk about. The name of my TED Talk is Be a Kid Again. Um, oftentimes, like it. you already make it. That's what's <laughs> up. Oftentimes, oftentimes, you know, I think as we get older, as and we, you know, we become adults, we lose our imagination. And when I think about the work that I do and the, in the, you know, how I often consistently write poems, but even how I live life, I live life with with a vivid imagination. Um, and it's it's for me, it's it's this world building like theory or idea where it's like you can become whoever you want to become despite your circumstance. And some, some people's circumstances will be harder than others, but you can become whatever you want to become as long as you imagine that. And I, I tell my students this all the time. I'm also a teacher, uh, or I was a teacher in Baltimore. I taught at two schools, Patterson and uh, Baltimore Leadership School for Young Women. Hey. But, I often told my, but I often told my students, like, you know, if you want to be a poet, well, imagine, well, what, is a, what does that look like? What does a poet do? Well, I have to write poems consistently. You know, I should probably attend an open mic, see what those are like. You know, it's only obvious. You know, I might want to read poems, you know, I might want to watch some spoken word videos. You know, I might want to get in the scene. And that's, that's the springboard. You know, it's not that hard to imagine yourself as a different character. Even if it's something like, I want to be Batman. It's like, well, how do I become Batman? I got to wear tights. You know, I got to probably <laughs> weight lift. Like, you know, it's simple things. It's like crazy. Right. It's like, that's odd. Like, you're weird as f But it's like, I want to imagine, my, I want to imagine the person I, I'm going to become. You know, I don't think that things are necessarily already written down for us like our destinies are not written in stone i believe that we are all handed cards which is like you know you're, you might be born into poverty or you may be born into wealth and that's just the card you're given when you you know you're born and when you wake up every single day but you know you can imagine yourself as, as something you know reinvent yourself you don't have to be the person that you know works at mcdonald's you know not if you don't want to be right. you just let that you know you let yourself fall into that but you know how do you how do you prepare for a ted talk though so I prepare like how I'm gonna write, how I write my poems. I kind of have things in pieces, um, and I'm gonna structure that narrative in kind of the same way this podcast is going. You know, talk about probably I'll start off with a poem, um, but, but talk about how I've crafted myself to become the person that I want to be today. How it was never written anywhere. How I hated poetry. How you know I hated public speaking. How all these things. But then I took debate. Debate made me good at public speaking. You know, I was always I always participated in class. Little little that builds up to building a bigger platform you know being a keynote speaker at like high school events little that builds up to bigger that builds up to this platform of a ted talk which is a huge platform right you know you're making this so hard for me to edit bro I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, do i can't cuss that's cool i can't it's cuss cool. Yeah. but it's, it's all good it's all like, good if all that's good. if that's you it's you it, yeah if it's you it's you <laughs> i low-key don't even want you to cut it out but yeah i'm sorry it's all I'm good just it's ready all good. explicit bro. i don't i don't cut it out when it's like when it's like in I don't context. know in yeah. context yeah it's all good continue I'll being you you ruined the mood it's okay I'll keep it noted I'll keep it noted <laughs> but so that's a lot um but that's a lot of of what I want to cover in my TED talk is like this idea of of reimagining yourself you know kids do it all the time you know they're like I want to be a doctor I want to be a lawyer you know or I want to be like Harry Potter I mean I can remember don't tell Trevor I told you the story but like as kids you know Trevor Who's and I, Trevor? Trevor's his my twin, twin brother. brother. His my twin oh, brother. So, I knew you had a twin. Yes. Yeah, so is he a poet too? No, he's not a poet. But okay. he does write raps. He, yo, he be writing raps. What? Trevor's actually a good writer. And he will, like, I've been like, yo, like, this is dope. Go to an open mic. And he'll be like, nah, man, this is your thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Trevor, go to an open mic. Like, no, Trevor can actually, he, he can write. He can write. He can no write. Way. Yeah, he can write. Yeah. But I don't know if he still writes, but like when I was starting off with, um, I'm getting away from Does he go around, like, if, you're, if your posters are all over, like, Baltimore, is he like, yeah, that's me? 
Or does he get What's jealous? <sighs> no, but people did is, think it, it was him all yes. over the mall. Are you guys like, identical? Um, I can show you a before picture. Before the Pe- hair. <laughs> yeah, before the before the locks and before he has like high top, he has a high top fade. Oh, okay. um, if we just had like regular like buzz cut, oh, okay. like haircuts. And that's how I met them. Do you know how hard it was at first to distinguish them? I have a twin question. Is it appropriate now for a twin question? We like talk we talked about, about twins. I feel like we talked about so much. Like we just, but it's all good. Go ahead. I mean, I'm I'm open for any question. This okay. is how Amber works. Yeah. Okay. Wait. I have a first. I have an interesting fact. Okay. Did you? Okay, so you were born first, right? Yeah. Six minutes before. So him. do you know you're actually younger? Did you know that? Because apparently the one who's born second is actually older. Did you know that? I don't, I would need to see the research. What's on count? That. I thought you were gonna older. say I would need to see the receipt. <laughs> <laughs> What's counted as older? That too. <laughs> like, like, like formed first. Formed first. Well, I thought it was when you're released first. First, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I thought, I, was, I thought it was releasing them and pulling them out. I, I thought it was too. And then release the first one. <laughs> release the crack. <laughs> yeah. That's what I. I mean, oh I don't know. God. I thought, I that thought was so too. But then a doctor told me otherwise. So I don't know. I mean, obviously doctors are gonna say like, oh yeah, technically and doctors are liars. I feel like I act I older though. It. No, you definitely I act older. Okay, let's get that on record. <laughs> like, don't edit that out. <laughs> Okay, but like, is there any like? Do you think? Can you think of like good and bad things that come out of being a twin, like pressure or anything like that? Comparisons. People often want you. So even when I became youth put Laureate, um, you know, you I forgot who said it, but uh, he was. You're jealous. Not jealous. No, not jealous. Okay. But people would say like, oh well, like I'm sure you're doing good things as well, oh. and like that would yeah. suck. Yeah, yeah, like that, that would was... suck, and it, like I'm like, but like, but you are doing good things, and he'd be like, yeah, but I'm not doing your things. Yeah, Trump is like, like really into politics. He's into exactly. be, he's like in, he's into like the hands-on work. Exactly. So I think it's that like that comparison of. And that I mean, could go with siblings, though. That like could go with siblings. That even twins. goes with, like, friends and my poetry friends. So I'm like, but right. you're opening up for this artist. And I'm like, but Derek, you have a TED Talk. I'm like, yeah, but you're opening up for, like, someone who's been on the radio and, like, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, like that. It's mainly comparisons. comparisons. It's mainly comparisons. So I think, like, that's a negative is that not often, we often compare ourselves to each other with, like, successes and, and like, mostly success. Um, but other people can us or will measure the stick of like, well, you right. must be smarter. And it's like, no, we're both equally, equally, equally brilliant people. Um, we, I mean, we, and we boost each other up. And I mean, right. Trevor and I are so competitive. Uh, for like our first two years at UB, we had all the same classes That's and awesome. we were like at the same times too, at the right? same time. Oh yeah. We had this, together. Just, yeah, oh, same classes fun. together. Oh, it's That's fun. Crazy. But we so like, you're like a lifelong friend. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's awesome. But it was, it was fun one. Cause it's like, we're going to like fuck with the professor, but at the same time it was like, we're going to compete with each other to get A's. And for the for those two years, I mean, we had stellar GPAs. I mean, I'm sure he still has a stellar mm-hmm. GPA, and I graduated with uh, 3.5. So, like, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah, but so the negative would definitely be comparisons. But positive is always, like, you know, we, we just boost. It's always a race to see, like, whatever. Right. Um, we just want to, you know, we're going we to win. What did you guys major in? Um, so we were psychology majors, and then we switched. Uh, I was like... <laughs> We were doing poorly in our I.O. psychology class because of statistics. And I'm like, yep, the same for me. <laughs> and he was like, yep, the same for me either. I was like, well, I'm going to go over here and major in English. And he's like, I'm going to go over here and major in uh, political science. I'm like, all right, this is it. No more classes together. Aww. Peace. I'm, I'm glad you guys did different majors. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. like then it lets you learn from each other. Yeah. And we also than... grow into our own identities. Yeah. With that. That's yeah. cool. Are you always going to be in Baltimore or 
Are He's you? in New York So I'm now. in New York right now. Okay. Ooh, I'm getting my master's in poetry at Sarah Lawrence College in Yonkers, um, New York. Nice. So shout out Sarah Lawrence. Uh, shout out New York City. Source. I like to say source. <laughs> I've been going to all of the people. would be like, ah, source. And they'd be like, that's not a New York accent. I'm like, it is to me. But um, no. So when I graduate from Sarah Lawrence, I do plan on returning to Baltimore, you know, maybe within three or four years. Mm-hmm. I want to teach here. I want to, you know, be, well, I want to be a professor here. I want to still do the, the nonprofit work that I do. I, I want to teach poetry still in schools. You know, I still want to perform here in Baltimore. I mean, I still do perform in Baltimore. But, you know, I just want to do so much for my city. Because I, I, even that we said at the beginning, I'm passionate about this place. You Why? Know? Because there's so much talent. And Baltimore gets such a bad rep. And, I mean, literally today, I was at um, one of my cousin's friend's house. And, like, you know, oftentimes people might see them as, like, hood people. But what I see, and literally what was going on um, was like the person he was he was working on beats he was producing but he also raps over those beats I was like man like you know put one of them on like let me let me hear hear it and it was tough it wasn't trap music it was like some old Kanye West soul beats I heard it it was good you posted on Facebook yeah I posted on Facebook and I'm like thinking to myself and I was like and I was telling him like we were vibing I'm like yo somebody needs to sing over this he's like I'm looking for somebody who do you know I'm like, I'm going to put it out there for you like, because I want to see you do well. A lot of people here in Baltimore have talent, even the dirt bike riders. You know, there's like a small documentary of um, some, some female, some woman um, who's like queen something. I forgot what they call her. But like over here, or literally on the side of town, who like is like good at riding dirt bikes. I'm like, that's a talent to like pop wheelies and whatever. <laughs> I'm like, that's a talent. You know, y'all see or people see reckless reckless black kids riding dirt bikes through Baltimore, but I'm like, I see people who could crush anybody at the dirt bike competitions. Or like, what are they called? Um, X Games? Yeah, X Games. But I'm like, that's what I see. I'm like, you give them a chance. Or you a give them, music video. Or, but hey, but I'm, like, <laughs> but I'm like, you give them a chance, they can do anything. Right. You know, yeah. I see that. I see that in my city. People, people in this city have talent. And, you know, but oftentimes... I think the school systems and just in general, the city doesn't acknowledge that and doesn't give them the resources to help them, you know, develop themselves. And so that's for me, at least where I think I can come in with like being an artist, but also just being someone who developed themselves is like hated. I'm sorry. (laughs) I hated freaking poetry in high school um, and never saw myself becoming a poet, never saw myself becoming a public speaker, whatever. And then molding myself into that saying, you know what? I'm going to face fear in its face, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to see what can come out of it and, like, molding myself to this person that I am today. Never – in high school, I would have laughed at you. Be like, yo, one day you're going to be a poet. I'm like, ah, no, I'm not. I'm going to be a lawyer. Like, but no, that's – I'm totally a poet. But now. before we started recording the podcast, you were talking about you're going to Texas. What's – Oh, yeah. What's what are you doing? I feel like there's a poetic uh, story there about Texas. Why let are you me, going to Texas? Let me sip my green tea. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. That explains a lot. So no, it's really no, no nothing drama related. Um, okay. I'm going to visit my ex girlfriend, who's really just I don't even like to say ex girlfriend. I like to say friend now because that's what we agreed to be. Um, I mean, what do y'all want me to like go into that story of like I just I just got out of relationship. You just made it sound like it was uh it was something fun. juicy. Yeah, whatever. You I mean, it is like juicy, I guess. I mean, it's, the only juicy thing about it that's is sauce. The, <laughs> the sauce. The only thing juicy is like I'm single now. Like that's the only juicy thing. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I was in a three year relationship. And I found myself after the two year relationship. After the two year relationship, right. but yeah. So, so you're yeah. a poet while you're dating this girl. Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, and she's a dancer. She's a classically yeah. trained dancer. That's why she's in Dallas. Uh, she grew up in Baltimore. 
Um, she went to Towson University. Shout out Aja Shaw. Shout out um, me. Shout out you. <laughs> hey. Shout out, me. shout out you. Shout out you. Um, so no, we were we were in this three year relationship, and I found myself committing um, more to my art and my craft and my schooling more than I could to my relationship. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I mean, it was nothing personal, harsh or personal yeah. or rough, but it's like I can't be the boyfriend I want to be for you. Uh. And, like, that's nothing personal, but it's, like, I can't... Oh, this isn't the one that cheated on you? No, oh. no, no. See, so not much juicy. It's just more so, like, I handle like this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, right? And so, so you guys are good enough friends that you're going to go visit her? And- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it literally just happened this week. And I was always... I already booked, like, the plane tickets to visit her. So it's going to be weird, wow. you know? This, Is we, this your first time, like, a- after she's been an ex now? Like, first time single? You said you guys her? just broke up this week? We just, so, so we just broke, I've been in this three-year relationship. Yeah. I haven't seen her since August 13th. Um, we literally just broke up four days ago. Oh. And, and then you decided her. to go see her? Well, no, I, I've been both, we've okay, been, okay. we're like, I'm seeing you this date, or from Saturday to Wednesday. I've been said that in, like, September. Okay. okay. When we were in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and to answer your question, I was in a two-year relationship, then when I got cheated on, and then I dated, and then I found... Um, Aja, and then okay. yeah, three years later, wow, back to, back to, just being single. Nice, nice. Yes. You're a cool dude, man. Thank keep, you. Uh, keep repping, dude. keep repping Baltimore. Right. Um, is there is there any we gotta we just reached about an hour, so um, Word. we gotta wrap up. But is there any sort of like final remarks or anything you want to leave for everybody listening right now? Follow me on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, so. Facebook is just Derek Ebert, D E R I C K E B E R T. Friend me, yes, like friend me. Did I say follow? No, I mean, no. I thought you, you had a Facebook page. page oh, no, I don't have a Facebook page. Just okay. add me as a friend. I'm so close to reaching that 5,000 where you become a page. Or Wait, you then can't... why don't you just oh, that's make a, thing. a page? Well, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Wait, a make, a fa- make a fan page. What do you do? Ah, I'm going to wait till I get to that 5,000. No, so no, 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 He no, wants no, friends. No. I want friends no, first. Yeah. Okay, yes, but they exactly. can follow your personal page. He wants friends. I will. I will. Trust me, I will. I don't feel like I'm there yet. Okay. And then Twitter is just at Derek Poetry. I don't have an Instagram Instagram scares me. Twitter scares me. Whoa. Snap scares me. I'm an old man. Bro. Send them, know, send them to old. Amber and we'll link them up in the description. Where? Yeah. Where? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Shimmer. Shimmer. Yeah. Hit them with the last uh, question. All right. So if you were any flavor, what flavor would you be and why? Root beer is my favorite. I mean, if that's like a legitimate, like, I don't know if you're saying if flavor. You no, like if you had to describe matter. yourself yeah. in a flavor. Oh, if I had to describe myself in a flavor. What would it be and why? Or that sauce. Or that sauce. Uh, Szechuan. No. Y'all watch Rick and Morty? No. no. We, we had a whole week. thing about the Szechuan sauce. Yeah. Nah, I think I'd be like, I'd be, um, what's that barbecue sauce? Sweet Baby Ray's? Okay. I'd be Sweet Baby Ray's. I'd be like spicy and tangy. <laughs> what's the last word you're saying? Sweet Baby what? Sweet Baby Ray's. Is, yeah. it's Ray's? A, uh, Ray's? Ray's. Company. It's a company. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's a barbecue sauce. Okay. I feel like sweet and tangy, you know, like. Okay. Like, I can be all, like, adorable and, like, whatever and be, like, oh, like, you know, like, like, whatever, like, oh, he's so adorable and cute. But then, like, tangy because I'm, like, mm, mm, champagne poppy, sass. Drake, you know, like, you know, like, I got, the, I got the sass, but also got, like, the, you know, I just got the comebacks, you know, be, like, mm, you know, what's good, you know, like, Damn. yeah. Like, I like that you compare that to Drake because that yeah. sounds exactly what Drake is. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, like, very cool on the surface, but then it's, like, don't mess with him. Yeah, like, I mean, if you watch, and is, if you watch Drake's interviews, it's, like, yo, like when you rap, you seem kind of intimidating. But if you watch his interviews, he's like the coolest person ever. He's just mm-hmm. all happy and stuff. 
Um, but yeah, so Drake, basically Drake. If I had to be a flavor, I'd be Drake. Whatever, whatever Drake says, that's that. Yeah. Baltimore, this has been uh, Derek with you. Um, thank you. Sweet and saucy, uh, Derek. Uh, thank you for joining us, um, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you, uh, and thank you all for listening to another episode of Strange Flavors. Goodbye. Yeah, know me. You I know you. It's a new me. Same old you. When we in the spot, just watch how we move like finesse and groove. Yeah, I know me. Do I know you? It's a new me. Same old you. When we in the spot, just watch how we move like finesse and groove. One step to the left, slide to the right. Gangsters don't dance, but we gotta look nice. I'm just trying to dance, I don't really want fight. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. One step to the left, slide to the right Gangsta don't dance, but we gotta look nice I'm just trying to dance, I don't really want to fight Like, yeah, 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 yeah. What's up, it's the new me You ain't got much